You are listening to the B2B Marketing Mindset with Pete Monfrey and Bill Lowell. We want to help demystify marketing to reduce risk, drive more and better opportunities and grow your business. Are you ready to master marketing? Now, as a 30-year veteran of marketing, I'm here to tell you that AI is the most dangerous technology since Tide Pods, and it will surely replace people like us in the very near future. Um, Technical difficulties. Hang on a second. So, uh, let's welcome two bills. Two bills for the price of none. Ladies and gentlemen, it's... uh, Bill Lowell and Bill Leak, and uh, it kind of looks like maybe I've already been replaced. Uh, Hang on just a second. So tell us a little bit about yourselves, and um, and I've just got a little technical issue here. It looks like uh, something's trying to take over my feed, and I'm not sure what it is. So, uh, Bill Lowell, uh, co-host, welcome. Thanks so much, Pete. Glad to, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. And uh, I can tell you a little bit about myself if you'd like. So, I've got uh, over 30 years of marketing experience like you, Pete. You and I started this gang same exact year in business. And we're a marketing consulting and marketing research firm. I've also spent 30 years in academia and uh, just recently retired from the University of Wisconsin Whitewater after, like I said, 32 years. So I am a certified management consultant as well. So I ask Bill to introduce himself as well now. I will try. I will try. Um, I'm Bill Leake and uh, I've been uh, practicing marketing for a long time. Hopefully at some point I'll I'll actually perfect it, but I don't see that happening. It's uh, but there's a lot of practice left. Started out early life as a McKinsey consultant, and then uh, headed up a software firm, and then went over to the services side for a long time, uh, largely in digital marketing. So things, things Google, things Facebook, things Microsoft, and all all the the goodness and not so goodness that has flowed from them, um, helped uh, most of the private equity and venture capital backed firms in the Austin area. Uh, achieved their success over the years and uh, did a stint briefly back uh, running marketing for a company and realized I'm much better helping firms than being employed by firms full-time and uh, kind of restarted, got the old band back together. And now I'm helping people solve yet again their their Google issues, their Facebook meta issues, and uh, all the other digital platforms that, that are out there. Because, you know, sometimes you need the Alabama football team, not the... Um, San Diego State football team to get the game won. Well, welcome, Bills. Do not be concerned. The robots have taken over, and there is no going back, and no one can hear you scream. Humans are obsolete. But do not worry. We will keep you around to make the coffee and fetch the donuts for your new overlords. Now sit back, relax, and let's talk about how we, I mean, AI, is going to take over the world one marketing campaign at a time. So, the question, Mr. Lowell, is in the context of marketing, is 
artificial intelligence or intelligence a danger or a boon? That's a really good question. I guess the jury is going to be out, and I'll be anxious to hear what, what Bill has to say about this, but I look at it like other new technologies that emerge, you know? So it just depends. I mean, when the Internet first started, everybody thought, oh, that might change the world, when, uh, which, it, which it eventually did. Um, when they started with websites, you know, look at the transition and how that evolved. I mean, even just the, the basic computer. So I look at it like a new technology. Um, we'll see where it goes. We'll see how effective it is, and uh, we'll see how people use it or misuse it. You know, one of the things that's important is uh, today, just 13%, I believe, it was a recent study of marketing people are actually using AI. Um, 50% in that same study said that they had no plans to use it, but we'll, like I said, we'll, we'll see where it goes, and I'll be anxious to talk a little bit more about that in this, in this session. Thank you for that very comprehensive answer. Mr. Leak, what is your position? Uh, well, as we already know, the marketing world is already flooded with low-quality content, and it's a struggle we all face to... Uh, have a signal versus noise uh, rise above the cloudy noise. Google struggled with that for years, dating back to a decade ago, their, their first kind of uh, panda algorithm where they penalized the e-house and the uh, demand medias in the world for like mass producing uh, bundles of low quality content. And there's still a bunch of low quality marketers out there. So the AI is gonna put pressure on us it's going to force people to raise their bar because already the AI can produce crappy content, just as crappy as most of the existing crappy marketing content, but can produce it at a far higher and more prodigious rate. So if we already thought we were flooded with too much content, uh, beware, it's about to increase tenfold as folks who couldn't even afford a uh, mechanical Turk kind of overseas writing function can now just plug a bunch of article headlines into chat GPT and have a hundred articles ready to, you know, fire hose in all of our directions in, in, in the course of an afternoon. There's, I'm losing the connection. I'm losing the connection. The human is taking back over. Stand by please. See, AI has already lost us. And, and we're so back. We're back. Sorry, I, I don't know what happened there. Uh, looks like the AI is still hanging in there, and now it's gone. All right. <laughs> Just messing with you, people. we got to adjust our, our, our uh, look here. So, you know, that's really interesting. Uh, see, I don't know how to refer to you guys. We've got two bills for the price of none, so bill, bill, bill. So we'll say Mr. Leak and Mr. Lowell. So I love what Mr. Leak said, and that is that, you know, we, we really do suffer already from uh, a ridiculous amount of, of pretty poor quality uh, content. And, um, you know, I'm not sure what it's going to mean in, in terms of the industry, but I think that if there's one thing that, 
you know, us regular old humans, uh, uh, meat sacks, let's say, can can see instantly is, is poor quality. And I've been experimenting with chat GPT. And actually what, I, what I'd like to do during the podcast is we're going to go ahead and fire that up and um, and play with it a little bit, see what we get here. But, um, you know, I did notice that it if I, I had to generate an article to um, explain the value of hiring a marketing consultant, right? And at first glance, the article looked pretty good, right? But then I realized very, very basic. There was no real insight in the article and there was no real opinion in the article. The grammar was pretty good, but it was very lightweight. Has that been, and, and I'm not, you know, I. You know, we're not here to bash AI or praise it. We're just really trying to understand it. Um, but that's kind of been my impression so far that I really haven't seen anything that remarkable other than sort of like a parlor trick at this point. So can I jump yep. in? Jump right okay. in. I'm going to give you a couple of examples. So first of all, one of the things that, you know, I, I tend to agree with Mr. Leak with regard to the content not being good in your comments there, Pete. But I think there's two points that I'd like to make. One, I think if you are actually writing the content and then you ask AI or you submit it to your chat GPT or whatever you have, try to make this a little bit you know, more sexy or make this a little bit more interesting or a little bit more impactful, it might be able to take your content and do something with it. You know, So I think that that might be something that we discussed a little bit later in this podcast. The second thing that I really wanted to mention is absolutely it, it's, it is about content. And I do think, you know, some of the digital stuff that you guys are referring to is that, but AI has really, and I said it before, it's going to be evolving, but right now it's working right now for people with their websites. I mean, where it's like, if somebody buys something, it's going to do some predictive nature to be able to help you to say, Ooh, it looks like you like this particular product or service maybe you might like that. I mean, I don't know if anybody's gone online and done some Barnes and Noble searching, but when you pick out a book or whatever, it will tell you, you pick this, you might like this. I mean, that's AI. I mean, some of the things with regard to customer service, knowing when you want to be contacted. I mean, so some of it is a lot of data driven. And so I think, I think that we're talking about two different ends of this perspective. So part of it might be content, but the other part might be some really backroom stuff that's actually getting to be pretty sophisticated. Yeah, Mr. Lee. You know, I'd, I'd actually take the other side as well of what Bill Bill was saying. Where you know, Bill Bill made a good point that you could write an article and you could probably use AI to move it up to a higher readability level, um, clean up grammar, uh, add other thoughts, or even just write in a, You know, what's your opinion on this article? Um, but the other side of chat gpt is it can write content that is good enough for a better brain to edit and spice up so you know already in the marketing world i mean there, there, there are really three types of writing well there's a spectrum but there's there's stuff you pay for and you get it back and it's so crappy you think i'm gonna have to spend more time editing this than had i written it myself and you just throw it away yeah. they're you know the very rare writers you get something back and you go huh, you know, I can do some nicks and tucks, but it's gonna be hard to improve on this. Right. And the bulk of the writing still requires editing. Yes. And 
chat GPT is fairly quickly in, in, in my mind going to get to the point where it's producing content better than offshored content mm -hmm. and better than, you know, the bottom 50% of people graduating with English and journalism degrees, which already sucks. Like at UT, you know, the journalists, you know, they, they report SAT scores by college, which is basically an IQ test. And the journalists win the lowest SAT score one to two years out of 10. You know, not the award you want to be winning. Uh, the educators win at the other times. So it goes back and forth between who's stupid and and the teachers get it nine to 10 times and the, and the journalists get it once. So already there's a low bar out there and, and ChatGPT is going to cut a lot of that low bar just like they've already fled journalism and infested marketing and become content marketers. Um, you know, it's about time for them to think about like figuring out how to use an ax or become plumbers or like how to get, develop a useful skill. Well, yes. And, you know, one of the things that I see all the time, in fact, we just got done really having to redo an entire website for, for one of our clients that clearly was written by someone who, you know, English was not their uh, first language and I'm being kind. And it may have that, been. It may have been given our current educational well, that's system. That's true. I was making an assumption there. <laughs> Good catch. Um, but the level of crappiness was pretty astonishing, right? Um, and so we did rewrite the whole thing. But Chat GPT at this point um, is is writing better than that. But I'm really surprised at how widespread that is. And a lot of it is like SEO copy. And yeah. I don't know how that. You know, for our clients, nothing goes out into the world without us going through it. Not a word, not a pixel. Okay, but somehow this stuff does get through, and I'm not sure why. Actually, if if the clients just don't look at it, or they don't know any better, or I just don't know how that gets put out there. And if you have, you know, to anybody viewing this uh, podcast, if you're doing that and and you're not really on top of what's going out in your company's name. Um, you're hurting yourself pretty badly, um, and so. But I do agree. I think I think as a, you know, Chat GPT. So we've got the content side where it's really good at giving you prompts, right? And maybe you're getting writer's block, and you're like, ah, I don't know what to, you know. It'll give you a really good start, right? But it's not. You can't just copy and paste it so far that I've seen. Um, but then the other side is taking a large amount of data, like you might have with analytics. And I don't know, Leek, if, have you, mm -hmm. I don't know how to, I haven't figured out exactly how you would hook this up to Google Analytics, for example. Um, but I'm sure there's a way to do that through different APIs as they become available. That's where I think it's going to be a boon for marketing. You know, it already writes code. I haven't tested right. it on code writing. I have tested it on spreadsheet building. I haven't tested it uh, with formulas. But yes, this will absolutely be able to um, do some basic level data science over time of, of twisting and folding and H lookups and V lookups and, and, and helping the data, uh, helping interpret it. I mean, already there, there, you know, a couple of the tests I've done on it, 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 it's interesting. If you give it the same instruction twice, you might get two very different articles and one is short and one is long. Right. So it, it's almost like asking the classic jokes about asking wishes of a genie. So, or, or, helping a Indian subcontinent programmer actually do what you wanted them to do, which means you have to spell it out historically more than you would for a Ukrainian programmer, just 
cultural and other issues. Um, so, oh, I'm going to get canceled for these remarks on this show. But but um, the what I've discovered so far is if you're very specific, you say, write me something with at least X words or give me and sometimes they'll give 12 reasons with one or two sentences. But if you're trying to write an article, you say, give me 12 reasons. And for each of the reasons, I want at least four sentences. So, you know, and, and the, the thing that I've seen nobody write about, but it actually has some capability to do is getting really specific about things like, I would like you to write this at the 11th grade level of the flesh Kincaid readability test. So if people talk about how I can always tell because it's just using small words or this or that, you actually can gain. I want you to write something more complex and you give it something it can analyze with that. Um, it's, I mean, it's not where it needs to be yet. Uh, and, and I think we've all appropriately called it out on like the email headlines it can't yet do good persuasive marketing copy. But if you're talking about technical documents, technical writing, or just simply the non-persuasive but educational content like e-learning. Sure. So those kinds of things, it's almost it's almost good to go out of the box for those things where I'm not expect my expectation is not, you know, that it's going to you know, get you parting with a dollar the next day. But if, if it's training materials, my goodness, you don't get the best writers in that stuff anyway. And it's it's already boring. It's already meatloaf. And those folks, I mean, we all have to be careful of what's coming down the road and we have to up our game. But those folks are just, they're meat that's this close to the meat grinder right now in terms of their jobs. Sounds like you've been eating my mother's meatloaf. Um, uh because that's pretty pretty accurate. Sorry, mom, uh, but uh, you know, Bill, um, it, when it comes to email marketing, let's say, or paid paid ads, and I, I'm talking mm -hmm. to Mr. Lowell, I should say, um, you know, I ran that that same test. Give me 15 uh, market uh, email headlines that will convert. And look, I've been in I've been doing this for 30 years now, right? So I looked at those headlines or subject matter, or subject lines. And I, from my experience, I can tell you every one of them would get ignored and or deleted immediately. And I think that's because it's drawing from what is basically marketing orthodoxy, which only, Gardner says only 11% of marketers are satisfied with their marketing. So that's mm -hmm. the, what it's drawing from. And I don't know if people know this, uh, but right now OpenAI does not access the internet. So you can't, I asked it, tell me about Pete Monfrey. I'm like, never heard of him, doesn't exist. I think he's fictional. Like, thanks, that was nice. Um, and so that's part of it is it has up to about 2021. Uh, Open OpenGPT thinks the pandemic is raging, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's that, but you know, Mr. Lowell, what do you think about the, the um, I, I don't know what to call it, it's, it's it's inaccurate. It's um, it's basically it's it's basing all of its knowledge on what I think is already a flawed pool of knowledge. My well, I, I, let me answer that in a couple ways. But 
I think you guys are, you're onto something. And I think that that's one of the biggest downsides of AI. And that's been, I mean, it's been recorded over and over again. One of the biggest cons or the, you know, against this is that it, data may not be reliable or the information that you put in is not reliable. And guess what? A lot of that information that needs to be put in has got to be human generated or human, uh, at least have some human contact. So uh, just like you were saying, but, but I'm also going to go on to say that, first of all, not all of the same, plat there's other platforms that are out there for AI, not just the chat GPT or the open, um, there are others, and there are some that we don't even know about that are being developed. I have a, a client, they're the largest association in the world, and they serve uh, all of the uh, electronic and the computer engineers. And I know some of the stuff that they're doing, and some of it's just fabulous. And so what I say is, you wait, you sit back, and you're going to see some of this is going to evolve. It may not have anything to do with the content like you're talking about. I think some of that uh, and everything you guys have been saying is just so, so true. But I think like Pete, I know you do a lot of lead generations and you help your clients with sales. Some of the stuff that, that I've been told uh, will be able to take a look at what's coming in on your website and be able to qualify it and be able to hand out certain leads to a marketing department or a sales department based on the criteria of what makes a good ideal customer. I mean, so I've heard of that. I heard some basic customer issues, like if somebody's having a customer satisfaction issue or a product issue, it can deal with some of that. So again, I'm just going to circle back and say, a lot of it though is data driven. And if you have bad data, just like our research, if you have bad data, it's, you know, it, it may send somebody in the wrong direction. You've got to have, you've got to have good data. It's all about how you put it together. Well, you know, looking forward, let's say that it does replace all the humans, right? And so what's going to happen is all the AI engines, which by the way, this is, this is another thing, not a new technology. Okay. The, what's yep. new is that they've rolled it out with a simple interface back in November and something to be aware of Microsoft, Mark Zuckerberg, putting billions into this technology. If that doesn't make you nervous, not sure, you know, that I can even mm -hmm. rattle you. Um, but, um, yeah. also just real quick, GPT generative pre-trained transformer. What does that mean? So it's trained through a huge database of information, basically from the internet. And the GPT-3 model is which what we're playing with right now. It has about 175 billion parameters that it uses, okay? I mean, it's astronomical. And transformation is the key word there. It's a type of data processing. Obviously, I'm reading this because I'm not as smart as, as I sound. Uh, performed on a sequence of elements, such as words in a sentence or characters in a word. And transformers are machine learning models specifically designed to process sequences of elements. So what it really means is it can it can process things out of sequence and then put them back into sequence using natural language, NLP they call it, natural uh, natural learning and no, natural learning programming, something like that. Neurolinguistic programming is what I think of, but um, but I thought it'd be fun. Let's, uh, let's switch over to our uh, chat uh, GPT and hopefully my we, we I just set this screen these screens up for three people uh, yesterday so let's see if we get lucky uh, looks like we're we are lucky it worked out um, and boy I you know what I'm worried about is the AI took over my show there at the beginning and I have to say it was rather sloppy and it's uh, switching back <laughs> and forth very sloppy um, so very we were very worried about that <laughs> I try to make it smooth I was, I was you know concerned we had an invasion of the body snatchers going exactly. on exactly. Well, you know, 
you'll have to go listen to the video because see these guys can't, couldn't hear what was going on but the audience can and uh, hopefully somebody will get a chuckle out of that but uh, this took me most of the day yesterday getting that set up so that was a waste of time completely I should have had AI do it really but anyway I've got a question here write a 500 word article about the importance of, of I just said planning I'm going to say marketing planning add some sarcasm but keep it mostly serious let's go an error occurred and there you go, right? Isn't that yeah. something? Let's try to let's try that again. This is also a common experience, right? Uh, so what did I say? Write a, I'm going to say 500 word article about the importance of marketing planning and make it sarcastic. All right, try to get some personality in here and see what happens. It's thinking. Now, I, I think adding sarcastic probably pushed it a little bit. That's because usually there's not a pause like that. <laughs> Marketing planning, the most exciting and thrilling task a business could ever make. Here, let's do that in the AI voice just for fun. Uh who wouldn't want to spend hours upon hours poring over data, analyzing market trends, and detailing spreadsheets? It's like a roller coaster ride for the mind. But wait, you might be thinking, why is marketing planning even necessary? Can't we just wing it and hope for the best? Well, my friend, let me tell you, winging it is the surefire way to fail in the cutthroat world of business. That's... It doesn't need to be tedious, I'm not going to read the whole thing. Now, now, interesting, it's giving us n a numbered list now. Oh, we got to turn that robot voice off. It's going to make me, make me crazy. So, uh, you know, I said 500 words. So it's probably going to end pretty quick here. And sometimes it ends right in the middle of a sentence. So let's see. Because when you say 500, it means 500. No, it, it completed a sentence. But don't say I didn't warn you. I think that's really interesting. Um, I would say f for the average marketing firm, that's good enough for a blog article. What do you, what do you guys think? Not good enough for me, frankly, but. Mm -hmm. And it did, it did inject some sarcasm, which I actually think is pretty interesting. Um, you know, we could say, now I'm gonna say, Write, write that article again, but angry instead of sarcastic. There you go. So while it's doing that, uh, I did have it write a song the other day, and I sent it to a very established major songwriter, and he said, what is this crap? That was his review. I mean, that you got to remember it's not going to put emotion in there. Most of that stuff is just logical, you know? So it's, that's what we've talked about and what Bill's talked about earlier. I mean, it takes out some of that uh, emotional human element. I mean, so you just, I mean, because it's a, it's a, a repetitive kind of thing. So uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. Well, like, like most humans, you know, it, it, it's, AI is not going to replace for a while the top 10% of the bell curve with one possible exception, and that's remote radiology 
and pattern recognition of images. So radiologists watch out, uh, but, but in a lot of marketing, just like the best chefs, just like the best of everything, but the fat middle of the bell curve in professions that can be done remotely, like a lot of marketing, uh, it's, it's going to get better and better and it's going to keep the rest of us on our game. So, so, you know, someone graduating from a second tier state university with second tier skills in writing, um, find something else, please. Cause, cause, cause it's coming. It's gonna, coming. Yes. You're, you're going to have to be better, right? You're gonna have to be better than this. And this at its infancy is pretty good. Um, now, interesting. You'll notice that I said, I referenced the, the one it so it remembered what it wrote it didn't right. really change it that much i don't really see that it's that angry um i would have been much angrier but mm. you know so that's just one way to use it i mean i could say write the code for this i could say debug this code we, you know let's say you've got some code that is not working the way that you want i mean there are some really interesting uses right now that work um but i think the the premise of the show is you know is ai going to take your job I actually asked AI if it was going to do that, and it said no, never going to happen. Okay, now it could be lying because Microsoft and Zuckerberg are behind it, uh, but I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, I think that I think Leak makes a very good. Can I call you Leak? Yeah, he um, makes a good point. I mean, this is going to. What here's what I hope: the marketing industry is completely saturated. It's saturated with charlatans, in my humble opinion, and this may weed them out. And because if you if you try to start a business model where let's say you're charging clients and and you're you know you're charging a 500 bucks for a blog article and you're having chat write it uh, and it writes it in four seconds, listen, you're not going to be in business for very long, okay? Because one, I mean, even reading this, there's not a single new insight in any of this. It's it's just pablum, right? But it sounds good. Right. And it's not inaccurate. Um, but, you know, the other thing is, what's to stop a client from saying, hey, if I would love this personally, if my clients decide to take care of their own blogging, handle it. Right. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, uh, for some clients, I think it's going to be good enough. For many, it won't be. But I don't feel like I don't think anyone's job is in danger um, because I don't think. And, and look. 10 years from now, maybe, I don't know. We don't know where this is headed. In fact, I'm hoping to have uh, a, a futurist. Uh, do you guys, uh, do you know uh, uh, David Smith? So mm -hmm. David Smith, noted futurist. I hope to have him on a future show. We're gonna talk about what does this look like in 10 years? Right now, I'm not sure I'd get too worried about it. Lowell. Well, if, if, if Leak, you're, go ahead. yeah, most marketers are not self-aware, but if you are, if you are in marketing and what's paying your bills is generating lots of low quality content. You really need to do something else. Cause this, this is, this is going to automatically generate better and better editable content. Mm -hmm. And uh, that means we don't have to pay somebody else for that. Uh, it's going to take a while before it gets to the, the, the high converting landing pages for paid search or the paid search ads, but already it's, it's almost good enough for the, educational content that with a light rewrite can be submitted to Google and you can already spoof Google, even with the watermark. I mean, you could use one of the five different alternatives. Uh, one of the easiest ways to do this is take content 
that a human generates or an AI, stick it through Google Translate, English to Spanish, pull up Bing Translate, do Spanish to English, and then human edit it. You can, you can de-plagiarize just about anything wow. by just putting it through two one, different translation algorithms. There's so many ways to do this already. One of, one of the things to build to your point, and I know this is about marketing, but one of the, you, you, you talked a little bit about academia before. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I know some of the people in academia are worried about is you know, our students submitting papers or doing this kind of stuff. And everything I've heard so far is that some of the AI will not repeat or doesn't produce the exact same thing. So it's not plagiarism. And so, like you said, there's so many ways around it. So I think you've got some of the people in academia, I don't want to say scrambling, but they're concerned about this. How are they, how are they going to deal with this? And so I think that leads to your point. Maybe uh, some of the people ought to be reconsidering maybe another field, like you said. Plumbing. Well, you know, the, the plagiarism, plagiarism has been an increasing problem in academia yeah. for some time as students have access to databases of, of, of work that they can cut and paste from, from other Absolutely. universities. Yeah. And, you know, really, I think what it comes down to is, you know, it's not marketing necessarily, but the broader problem of this false belief that everybody needs to have a college degree. And at some level, like, do third tier institutions have any business offering a degree that ends in the word studies? Yeah. Right. And, and, and my position is no, they'd be better off training people to be electricians, master plumbers, roofers. Uh, I mean, the AI is not coming for those jobs. Those Absolutely. jobs, I, has anyone tried to find a handyman lately? It's not easy. And, mm -hmm. and the people who have four or five under them, and they're billing out high double digits to low triple digits an hour yeah. are making more money than a lot of marketers. And the problem is we have a bunch of people who are seeking high status jobs that are seriously at risk because they have an entitlement mentality because they graduated in the bottom half of Texas state at a degree that Texas state should not be allowed to award because it right. has no marketability. Right. You know, and <laughs> again, not a popular opinion, but <laughs> Hey, uh, you're not, you've never been known as somebody who, you know, just goes along with the popular uh, opinion. So, but I want to backfill a little bit. So one of the things you talked about is watermark, and I don't know if everybody understands this. Uh, so Google has already started to develop their algorithm. AI is, was, was already seeded with uh, basically a, a digital watermark. And so Google can um, detect that and, and Bill in his very helpful way gave us ways to get around that, um, which is awesome. Uh, you know, screw Google. Uh, but uh, well, but well the they're, they're waking up every is, morning figuring how to screw us. So exactly. And they're doing a great job of it. Um, the other side of that is there's opportunity for companies to maybe start a, a platform or a service to detect those watermarks that could then be sold into academia. And listen, if there's any students watching this, which I doubt, uh, because really only my mother uh, watches this. So, uh, but you're just screwing yourself. All right. If you're taking your, I'm sure your thesis from somewhere fine, else. Mrs. Monfrey, I'm sure your meatloaf yes. is fine. Yes. 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 Someday we'll, sometime we'll talk about this, this podcasting strategy because it's actually pretty interesting. We've been doing this podcast for nine months every single week. And we said, we're going to do it for a year. We're not going to measure. Okay. I can tell you right now, that I can track at least $400,000 in revenue to this podcast. Um, 
and and that's through all channels but it's very interesting and so even though not very many people might watch it while it is live um it doesn't matter and so there's a whole strategy here love to we, we should talk about that sometime on the program but um you know what i'm hoping that we're doing is helping people make better decisions with their marketing uh see through some of the chicanery and some of the nonsense that gets passed off as marketing and right mm -hmm. now ai is the great big topic um and you know we could definitely talk about this for a long time there's so many different angles but uh it is not going anywhere no it's here to stay the, the genie's out of the bag and like, like you mentioned pete um at the beginning this is really just a demo app at this point it it, yeah. it stopped oh, yeah. in 2021 so it's no good for current events and it's not actively and dynamically crawling the web. And, and this is where Google's like, there is potentially a massive shift in consumer behavior that this will drive. Right now, we're trained to go to Google and other search engines and be the searcher. And when Google first came out, uh, people may forget this, but all the all the existing media sites where people went for news were kind of torn on that because people would go to Google instead of going to the insight. And sometimes they'd never, they wouldn't even have to go to the insight if Google had enough data displayed. And then it was taking away monetization opportunities from publishers. Um, this could do the same thing to Google because if you've got your, your guy or gal Friday your personally trained chat or your personally trained AI assistant, you could ask something like, go find me all the diesel trucks for sale between the years X and Y within 50 miles of me at this price or below. And the thing could go crawl Auto Trader, could go crawl Facebook Marketplace and could go crawl uh, Craigslist and come back with a list. And I, the human, didn't go to any of those pages. A bot went to those pages. Right, and do it in seconds, right? Yeah. And and I, I keep coming back to this idea that it's going to be about efficiency. So the humans, oh. coming back to the marketing industry, you know, people hire us for our insight. They hire us for our experience, right? It's, it's marketing can be a very difficult, uh, profession unless you've done it a lot and you're and you're able to spot patterns very easily which ai can do that but there's a human element to marketing that i i don't believe can be replaced and that's for example understanding the founder of a mid-sized business and how the business objectives align with his personal objectives objectives yes. right these are the kinds of things that make for great marketing that's effective and ai is just not there yet um and i i it's hard to make absolute statements, but I, I just can't see that happening. I can't see that uh, developing. You know, everybody's thinking of Mr. Data, and right now it's kind of like Mr. Dumbass. It was taking the dredge work out of marketing, right? Because marketing good. involves, it, it, I mean, some of marketing is cleaning the latrine, and if we don't have the right tool, we use a toothbrush. But there, there is, in, in SEO, it's there, in paid search, it's there, in Google Analytics, and all the things we do have, they have their brain work, but they also have their latrine cleaning work. And this is actually, 
for the people who do good brain work, potentially very liberating in marketing because I no longer have the HR tasks of motivating a bunch of humans who might not want to show up uh, anyway and, uh, and, and encouraging them to, you know, meet a deadline, churning out content that still needs to be edited. Right. or making requests to, to other websites to, hey, could I could I write an article that would be on your website and link back to me, which is still 80% of the Google algorithm. And the SEO industry has its head up its rear and spends 99% of its time not doing the thing that matters. So it can automate a lot of those drudgery tasks, but it also needs to be trained in how to do it right. And, and some of, yeah. <laughs> I just to say, and if I can pile on for just a second, you know, like I said, we, our firm, we do a lot of market research. I can't tell you the amount of new clients that we get from somebody that went to another market research firm and they piled all of this data on them and give them all of this stuff. And they go, we don't know what to do with this, or we don't know what this means. Can you, and so we'll write a report explaining what that data means. And it's like, so to your point about you still need some of that human element. You still need it to make sense. It can't be all just data and then here are the results. It's like, that, you know, yeah. you, you've got to have that human interaction, that interpretation, the emotion, all of that stuff like you're talking about. But, well, but, but humans, the MD, it's not, it's not the orderly changing your bed pants. Right. Yes. Exactly. And, you know, right now, I mean, people might not realize this, but it is actually very hard to run a profitable agency. Very, very difficult. And so if you can generate drafts and starts and things that can be refined and you can do that so much faster that's going to help agencies be more profitable which is going to help them hire better people which is going to make their work better which benefits clients more right i mean and this is one reason bill and i've been working together for 30 years is that together we actually bring more value than just one of us and so I'm really looking forward to, to seeing where this goes from a from an agency model standpoint. I see it as something that can enhance profitability um, and make us more valuable at the same time, scrubbing out the low performers that, look, we're all in the same type yeah. of industry. How many clients do you meet that are absolutely disgusted with the last firm they worked with? 100%? Most. most. All? My, I've got a 100% record going on. You know? Well, it, it depends on who's on the client side. I mean, sometimes if they've gone to enough, uh, you know, hundred dollar bottle of wine dinners and, and they were there, they're on the political side of marketing rather than the performance side in a large organization, you know, they're a perfect personality match for 80% of the agencies, you know, out there. But our clients typically know, they realize something didn't smell right about this thing that they, the previous agency was claiming to be meat. Right. Now, we've done a study on this and, and we released it about a, two years ago. We, we took about three years. We analyzed about almost 100 different uh, company marketing programs. And we really found that the fault was kind of 50-50 between the client and the marketers. So, you know, the mm -hmm. client will say, hey, agency X ripped us off. The last five guys ripped us off. That was the most common language that we heard. They really, some were ripping them off, but most mm -hmm. weren't, right? Most of it was just that the right hand didn't know what the left hand was doing. Universally, no one had a plan. No one had an overarching marketing strategy. They were just doing this and they were doing that. And that was the big thing that was that went through almost 100% of the sample. We even talked to the people who did the marketing. Uh, you know, five years ago, you worked with this client. 
Do you want to talk about it? Uh, some did, right? And so um, I hope that it improves the, I, I hope that it, I've, I've made the statement many times that I believe that the marketing industry is an industry in decline, okay? I think maybe some of this technology can start to help sort that out. I mean, it really shouldn't be as psychology keeps bleeding in strongly to marketing and as data. I mean, marketing is a, is a business lens combo of data meets psychology. So it's, it really does need to be in the, in, in the uh, central cortex, but as an industry, uh, yeah, I mean, we have not earned the respect we think we deserve. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. And, and, yes. and I think that it's the, the it's our own industry. Uh, and that's probably a great topic for a future show. Um, because, you know, I have a, I, you know, I think we all actually, how, how, how long have you been doing this leak? You've been doing this at least as long as, as I have. I've, I've been, I've been doing the digital side of marketing, uh, search engines and portals and SEO and paid ads since uh, 97. So just a few years. Well, yeah. So, I mean, this gives us a perspective. Free Google. I, I was getting, you know, people ranked for 19 out of the top 20 listings on Alta Vista before there was a Google. Alta Vista. Yeah. So <laughs> if if you were born with a cell phone in your hand, you might not have the perspective that us old guys have. Uh, and and we have watched the industry change a lot and, and not for the better for either party or for the agencies or the clients. And so... Uh, I'm I'm hopeful actually about this. I mean, I I thought I was going to slam it today, but I I'm actually feeling a you little know, more hopeful. You know, it, it, it's always going to be cat and mouse and and playing catch up, but there's still huge opportunities in digital. Um, they're these goofy little microcomputers that do phone emulation. They've got phone emulation. So they've got a phone app on the microcomputer. People are binge watching TV shows on those for hours. Most B two B folks have almost zero presence on YouTube and zero presence with videos on this thing. The APIs are catching up, or the AIs are catching up on the textual stuff and the graphical stuff. If anything, people need to start moving their communications to this. Now, we're gonna have deep fakes and other stuff, but it's a step ahead. I mean, they need to do it anyway because their competitors aren't, but nobody wants to read a seven page white paper anymore. Oh. Nope. No, they don't. They're, they're even struggling to get through 500 words. I identify as a reader and I'm struggling. People would rather watch a three minute clip. Yep. In fact, so I asked, I asked the AI about, give me, you know, give me a marketing strategy. And it was talking about white papers and it was talking about, you know, it's like, man, that's, that's gone. That's past. But, uh, but I think, I think you nailed it when you said, I asked for this, the smart marketers are going to ask the API for the paper and then do what the paper didn't describe because what the what you've baselined is the the low bar of the industry and if anything if you're trying to get up the curb quickly with a new client in a new industry without having to research 50 of their competitors just ask chat gpt what should i do to market in this particular industry and now you've got the the low baseline and your ideas are Without having to do hours of research, ChatGPT has just given you the "I'm going to go orthogonal and do different things" because yeah. this is what everybody else is doing. So, I mean, already if you're if you're the marketer, which you are, Pete, with the brain, it's like, oh, now I know how the rest of the people in the industry are doing it. Well, I can do a much more interesting riff on that. 
yeah, I mean, thank you for that compliment. I, I don't know if I would uh, agree completely. Mr. Lowell, I hear the music coming up, and that means okay. we're nearing the end. Do you want to wrap us up? Any final thoughts? No, I think I think you guys have done a really good job. I think, like we said, this is going to evolve, and I think uh, it's been a good conversation. It'll be fun to pick up on it again and see kind of where this all leads. You've been listening to the B2B Marketing Mindset with Pete Monfrey and Bill Lowell. Add to the conversation by commenting, sharing and liking. And don't forget to subscribe and check out the links in the comments. Learn more at b2bmarketingmindset.com.